0: Hey guys, it's Chris from the Midwest Crime Files. We are still on break. So here is another one of our previously unreleased patron episodes. We will see you guys on October 5th. Hope you enjoy. The Midwest Crime Files is an unscripted true crimes podcast. In it, we discuss heinous crimes and how they are committed. Viewer discretion is
1: advised. Welcome to the Midwest Crime Files. I'm your host, Gina. And I'm Chris. And we tell the stories of small towns and the heinous crimes that change them forever. Today, patrons, is just for you. Without further ado, we're going to jump right into your exclusive story. It's called The Independence Day Murders, The Sue and Melinda Marshall Story. Okay, so we're going to Illinois. We're going to be in Illinois. We're going to be in Wayne City. You know where Wayne City is?
0: Yeah, I actually used to hunt around there.
1: Yeah. So um, Sue Marshall and her 13-year-old daughter Melinda Marshall went missing on July 4th, 1995. They were last seen um, getting ready to go see a fireworks show. Like, what else would you do on the Fourth of July? Right. Sue was 38 years old. She had previously worked as a nurse, I had read somewhere, um, but her obituary actually lists her as a homemaker because that's primarily what she did because Sue, for 38, had some pretty significant health issues. She had severe asthma, and she sometimes even required oxygen. Yeah. She had personal challenges, too. She had been married five times.
0: Well, I'm halfway there.
1: (laughs) Oh,
0: wave Never run.
1: Oh.
0: Living on a prayer. <laughs> Take my hand. We'll, we'll make, make it, it I swear. swear.
1: Okay, they don't want to hear us sing. No. Uh, <laughs> her second husband's name was Johnny Marshall, and he was the father of her son, who was 18, as well as her daughter, Melinda, who was 13. The truth about what happened to Sue and Melinda on that Independence Day would shake this community to its core, and it really did change the lives of those living in Wayne County forever. According to an article in the Northwest Herald from 1995, Sue's sister said that in the year before her sister and niece disappeared, Sue had started attending church and taking steps to improve her health. Like I said, she had some significant respiratory issues, probably COPD, but it really wasn't diagnosed. Right. And she had started to use oxygen more and more often. Um, Prior to the year before her disappearance, she had really had a lot of instability in her life, and and to be fair, probably some poor choices. Um, An article in the Evansville Courier... And press said that Sue was actually facing charges of possession of cocaine at the time that she disappeared. And in the same article, it mentioned that she had actually worked with police to target a drug dealer in the past. Like she was part of a sting operation where she bought cocaine from a dealer.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that could be a reason why she decided to up and be gone.
1: Right? I mean, and that's what some people thought immediately. Um, Melinda was just a normal 13 year old girl She attended Wayne City Junior High She was a basketball player and a good student And a friend of the family said Quote, she was a normal kid like everyone else Who had her life in front of her End quote Melinda was often called Mindy for short And she was just like stunningly gorgeous With long blonde hair And Chris, you can see a picture of her Is she not just beautiful? she, She is On the evening of July 5th, 1995, so just 24 hours after the disappearance, the partially submerged vehicle of Sue Marshall was found in a pond in rural Wayne County. There was a piece of furring strip wedged by the gas pedal. I had to look that up. Do you know what that is?
0: I have no clue what that is.
1: So it's a piece of wood that you use to, like, connect the, um, um... Trim to the baseboards. Okay. So it's a piece of wood, but like a very specific kind of wood. Right. Unfortunately, though, there wasn't any sign of Melinda or Sue in the car. And a search of the pond and around the pond didn't show any sign of them either. But when they got a chance to look at the car closely, there was blood all over the car. Damn. Damn. Three days later, on July 8th, another pond about a mile away from where this car was found was searched. In it, police found a duffel bag that contained the charred and badly decomposed remains of two people. In fact, the remains had been burnt so badly and started to decompose in the water that they had to use dental records to compare them to Sue and Melinda to see if they were a match. The bodies had clearly been set on fire before being disposed of, and each body had gunshots to the head. A thirty-two caliber shell casing was found in the duffel bag, and a thirty-two caliber bullet was found inside one of the bodies. In order to identify the bodies, like I said, they had to use dental records and the jawbones. They obviously suspected that this was Sue and Melinda. So that's who they compared the dental records to. And it was a match for Sue and Melinda Marshall. Their deaths were obviously homicide. And they were quickly ruled that. They had died a violent and horrific death. They were shot multiple times each, set on fire and then thrown in a pond to decompose.
0: That's horrible.
1: Is that not That is a horrible, horrible way. As is typical with murder investigations, the police look at spouses. Well, in this case, they had five ex-husbands to choose from. Police looked at Johnny Marshall, because he was not only her ex-husband, but also Melissa, or Melinda's uh, father. There wasn't anything that really connected him, the crime though so they started looking at 22 year old niles nielsen he had been married to sue for 10 whole days in
0: 1993 That's that's a short ass marriage
1: right um sue met niles when he was 20 years old he was 16 years younger than her um they had a very short marriage uh right after he moved from Utah to Wayne City to live with his mother and stepfather in 1993 Niles had a significant criminal history he had spent the last 2 years between his separation from Sue and up till recently actually in a Utah prison for previous crimes
0: and we don't do we don't know what those crimes were I do don't we? know
1: specifically but I will get into something a little bit later that okay. I do know about his history police did not believe that the murders were related to Sue's involvement with drugs, and neither did the family. So according to one of the articles that I read in my research, the police said that in the in the operation that Sue had been a part of, they did not have her testify at trial, and she used like an alias. So they said they didn't think that the drug dealer, whoever, knew who she was, really. Okay. So they didn't feel that that was really had anything to do with it. Uh, but as in any time somebody is murdered, in a small town especially, there's going to be a lot of rumors. They believe that she, uh, her family believed that she had found God and was getting her life together, so they didn't think that she was still running with that dangerous crowd or right. with that, you know... Um, Her family did say, though, that she had been spending a lot of time with her ex-husband, Niles Nielsen. Her sister said that just a few days before she disappeared, Sue was talking to her on the phone, and she could hear Niles in the background. And she said, quote, I said, Sue, don't trust him. Please don't trust him. End quote. And in that interview, she also said that those were the last words she ever spoke to her sister.
0: That sucks.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: That sucks that, like, the last word you tell somebody is, don't trust them, don't trust him." and then she's dead. Right. Like, talk about, like, the feelings of intuition, or, you know, like, you always say you know, a mother's intuition and stuff like right. that. Like, if this is the guy that ends up killing her, like, that's some sisterly intuition.
1: No kidding. Please question Niall's mother and stepfather with whom he lived at the time. His mother said that she saw her son leave with some people in Sue's green Oldsmobile on the evening of July 4th to go see the fireworks show. She recognized one of the two people as Sue and said there was a slender young lady with long blonde hair with the two, which matches Melinda's description. And at first I was like, if he was married to her, why wouldn't his mother recognize her daughter? But then I remember they were only married for 10 days. Right. I mean, they probably never even met. Um, Please use this information to obtain a search warrant for that property. Niles was arrested after the search of the property for theft because you know what they find in his house? They find Niles was arrested after the search for theft because you know what they found in his house? Auto parts that belonged to Sue's 18-year-old son, and also they found a weapon. And as I said, Niles just got out of prison. He's a felon. He's not allowed to have a weapon. Right. They found a 32-caliber pistol. Wouldn't you know? The 32-caliber pistol matched the bullets used to kill mother and daughter. Additionally, they found furring strips. Matching the one used to wedge the accelerator in the vehicle. So I mean, he's not. It's not looking so good for now. It's
0: like he didn't even try to co- like try to cover anything up. No, at all.
1: Um, what they found outside, though, is really what was disturbing. In a burn pit behind the trailer, they found human hair, blood, bone fragments, Sue's keys and two rings known to have belonged to Melinda.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Niles was their killer. He was charged less than a week after the murders with two counts of first-degree murder and concealment of a homicidal death. He was facing the death penalty.
0: Which he didn't get because fucking what's his name?
1: We'll get there.
0: Got rid of it (laughs) in 2000.
1: The trial for Niles Nielsen began in June of 96. The prosecution did announce they were going to seek the death penalty. The defense was ready to present a dramatic account of the Independence Day murders, and they pointed the finger at a different ex-husband of Sue's, Johnny Marshall. Nielsen's defense centered around this theory that Johnny Marshall had been the real killer. Niles' defense, uh, defense claimed that Niles Sue... Johnny had been arguing the night of July 4th over allegations that Johnny was sexually abusing Melinda. Wow. Yeah. It's like a little bit of that Casey Anthony thing. Like let's throw somebody else under the bus is the worst possible person that could ever live. Right. Um, Niles claimed that he got tired of the arguing. And so he left Sue's vehicle and started walking away from the entire incident, letting the three, Of them there. He said shortly after, Johnny pulled up next to him and showed him the dead bodies of Sue and Melinda in the trunk of his car. He said that Johnny then forced him to help dispose of the bodies. Niles admitted that he burned their bodies in his backyard fire pit, but claimed he had only done so under threats from Johnny Marshall.
0: It's one of those things where you did it. This is what? A year? What?
1: A uh, less than a year, less 11, than a year
0: months. Le- eleven months later, you did all this stuff, but yet you never told anybody that you did all this stuff. Right. Like bullshit. Like I'm sorry. Like this makes me. That I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like damn. Like so you're gonna like sit there and say that? Oh no, I did. I did this one thing. I didn't do the other things. But I'm just now gonna tell you about it because I'm caught.
1: Right. Question mark, exclamation mark, comma, quote, whatever? Yeah. The prosecution fought back with the strongest weapon they had, the evidence. Uh, Pieces of Melinda's hair, human bones, and blood, as well as the personal items were found in the burn pit at not Johnny's house, Niles' house. Right. Sue's keys were in that burn pit, and so were Melinda's rings. They also had the gun, but... Niles' stepfather gets up on the stand and he says that Niles did not have the gun during the time of the murders. It was in the house. How?
0: What? Uh, what huh?
1: So his stepfather gets on the stand as a defense witness and he says, yes, Niles owns a thirty-eight caliber pistol. thirty-two, 32 caliber. But he didn't have it. When the murders occurred, it was in the house when he left with Sue and Melinda that night.
0: But he owns the gun.
1: Mm-hmm. But he didn't have it that night.
0: But he owns the gun. Yep. And, it's a, and it's the same gun that they that was used. The
1: ballistics evidence matched it to the murder.
0: And he had the gun. Like, he owns the gun.
1: Yeah. But he didn't but have it, was, it that night.
0: But he owns the gun.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm
0: just going to keep hammering that point in, like, what the fuck were you trying to do, Dad? Right. You know? Like, Jesus H, hockey sticks, whatever. You know? Yeah. Like, you just made it worse. Right. If anything. Yeah, I had, he has the gun. But, uh, yeah, he didn't have it at that time because it was in the house.
1: Yeah. Whatever. Shit. Whatever. But in giving their testimony, his stepfather and his mother do put him with Sue and Melinda the day of the crime. They admit that he left with Sue and Melinda on that fateful July 4th evening to go watch the fireworks. It gets worse. His mother goes on to say that when she got home later that night, Sue's car was on their property, but Sue was not there. And he says that Sue's, she said rather that Sue's car was at her house from July 4th to July 6th, but Sue was not. So the whole time she's missing.
0: So... I'm thinking, like, Jesus Christ, like, why the hell is it the. De- I just reread that th- it's the prosecution going over this yeah. and not the defense. Because I'm like, Jesus Christ, defense, guys. Right. Like, if this was my defense attorney, I'd be like, objection, timeout, overrule, plead in the fifth, whatever, stop. We're not yeah. doing this anymore. I want a different lawyer because obviously these guys are idiots.
1: <laughs> um, so the people who knew Niles said that he had been trying to rekindle his romance with. His ex-wife in the months prior to the murder, they said that he had claimed Sue was playing quote mind games" end quote with him, and that his emotions were all you know all disturbed. And you know when I read that mind games, you know what I thought of? What the old Greg, the love (laughs) games song.
0: Oh, God. If
1: you guys don't know what I'm talking about...
0: Just Google Old Greg Love Games.
1: Yeah, on YouTube or whatever. It's
0: I'm going to tell you fun. right now, it's... it's hilarious, but it's British comedy, and it's not for everybody. <laughs> it's funny as hell, though. <laughs> will not you get my love games? <laughs>
1: um, And apparently, Niles had also complained to people that he thought Sue sold this vehicle that he really believed was his.
0: Was it in her name?
1: I'm sure it was, but married not your... for a whole fucking ten days, so I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't like... know how much marital marital property there could have been, and it well, sounds then... like they probably divorced. It sounds like because he probably went to prison.
0: Well, and that just gets like blows my mind when people are like, "Oh, but well, it was my vehicle. Was their name on it?" Then no, it's not. Like technically, it's not your vehicle. I don't give a shit. And marital property, like, damn,
1: they're married ten days.
0: Like, I don't expect you to like. If we ever got pissed off at each other. Like you sell the house, it's half mine. It's half mine. I get half the money.
1: I'm just reading between the lines here because he did go to prison. I'm sure what happened is they were married for ten freaking days. He ends up going to prison. She divorces him or gets it annulled or something because he's going to prison. And then while he's in prison he she's got this car that she probably bought and paid for. Right. For him, but still, she bought and paid for, and so she sold it, and he got pissed off. Whatever, dude, don't be a scrub.
0: Um, <laughs> you guys didn't know you were getting a freaking concert Sitting show in the here today, side either, Ninja. Best friends ride, trying to holla at me.
1: Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Uh, one witness said that Niles complained about Sue while at the Fourth of July fair in Wayne City the day of the murders, and said, "Quote." He might never see Sue again, end quote. So, here's the fucked up thing. He went and watched the fireworks that night by himself.
0: He went and watched them
1: by himself? Yeah. After he had killed them. Jesus
0: Christ.
1: We'll get back to that too, though.
0: (laughs) I I went and did some boom boom on my own, but I want to watch the sky boom booms.
1: Yeah, we got to pause this murder for a firework break. Um,
0: (laughs) celebratory fireworks because he just shot and killed two people.
1: Right? A fingerprint was found in the blood-stained vehicle that matched Niles Nielsen. The print was on the gear shift lever and it was only one of eight prints, however, and the seven other prints were not a match to Nielsen or Johnny Marshall. Now, okay, so the fingerprint doesn't do a lot for me because we already know he was in the vehicle. Right. And it wasn't a blood-stained fingerprint, right? I mean, and it was that, just and that a could, fingerprint,
0: and that could be easily be, you know, right. tossed. You know, by if the defense was any, you know, half a worth half a grain of salt, could he've been like, well, he drove the car? I, I mean, mean, we already know once what was again,
1: in the vehicle, so that doesn't do a whole lot. No, for
0: me. not at all.
1: And then you know, the defense pointed out too that there were seven other fingerprints that didn't match.
0: Well, she had five fucking husbands,
1: right? I mean, and. I don't know if they were able to compare them to her and Melinda or, you know, anything like that. But, I mean, whatever. Like, the fingerprint to me is not that big of a deal. No. Several witnesses um, provided a solid alibi for Johnny Marshall, so that poked holes in the defense theory. Like, the prosecution was able to show that Johnny Marshall had nothing to do with this. It's as ridiculous of a concocted story as... The Casey Anthony thing with her dad and all that stupid bullshit. So during the trial, testimony was also heard about Niles' criminal history, which, like I said, was pretty significant. His juvenile record alone was enough to make Sue's sister cringe in court. And one of the things was, quote, when he was 12, he held a knife to a six-year-old and threatened to kill her, end quote.
0: Like, it, it doesn't surprise me. Because we've... In the year that we've been doing this, I keep learning that people that have violent... You know, violent offenders always have a violent childhood. Most of the Most violent. of the time. You know, unless it's a crime of passion, which I'm guessing this m- might have been or something like that. But it just seems like you can always point out who's the one, like...
1: Who's going to snap?
0: Or if you know somebody killed somebody, yeah, they're they probably, yeah they most likely had a shitty childhood, yeah. You know they were you know kicking cats and burning ants and do you know
1: crazy shit
0: holding knives um, to six year olds.
1: Right, because it's a juvenile record. There's not a whole lot.
0: Yeah, there's not that's be.
1: public. So you know only what the sisters you know related in an interview. Um, So, unfortunately, we don't know the extent, but my understanding is that it's quite extensive. I mean, he probably was somebody that, like, killed animals and stupid shit like that. Um, Prosecutors theorized that on the way to the fireworks show, Sue and Niles had a fight, and he got upset, and he shot both mother and daughter to death. Witnesses said he attended the fireworks show alone that night, and they believe the dead bodies were still in the trunk of Sue's Oldsmobile while he was at the fireworks show.
0: Can you imagine that? Just being the random person just walking past, not knowing that there's two dead bodies in the back of that car.
1: Right. He waited until the next day to burn and dispose of the bodies. And then attempted to seek, uh, sink Sue's vehicle in the pond.
0: I have nothing to say about that.
1: Yeah, it's a little fucked up, right? When the jury returned their verdict, everybody got to see what a piece of shit Niles Nielsen really was. He was found guilty on all counts in June of 1996, less than a year after the murders. Upon delivery of the verdict, he spit on the prosecutor, swore at the judge, kicked over a table, and flashed obscene gestures in the courtroom. These tactics led the judge to eventually kick the now-convicted murderer out of his courtroom. In fact, because he kept having these inappropriate and violent outbursts in the courtroom, he was kicked out of the courtroom when the judge announced his death sentence. So he was not in the courtroom when it was announced because he couldn't fucking behave like a human being.
0: Right. Like, I'm just glad, that, like, I don't know if you've seen some of the videos... Where they'll actually, where they'll literally gag somebody, mm-hmm. like while on trial. Yeah, like I love seeing judges do that.
1: Like it's insanity. Like I
0: get that you know people get pissed off or you know are upset. Yeah. When they get sentenced and stuff like that, you know whether it be, you know convicted of murders or you know like whatever they're you're you're it's a shitty situation to be in if you have to face a judge. Right. You know, but damn guys like. You're not doing it yourself any fucking favors at all.
1: Right. Um, and that would actually be something that he would use to appeal his death sentence because he said that he had the right to be present for sentencing. Well, you gave up that right, dickhead, when you became violent in, in the courtroom. So that... his appeal was denied.
0: So I'm looking at a picture that Gina has on the blog post right now. And I'm I'm, I'm assuming this is that's, Mr. Nielsen. That's Nielsen,
1: Nielsen. yeah. Nielsen.
0: Like, he has, like, a soul patch goatee i don't is this on his neck or is this just like hanging down
1: i think it's hanging down
0: like okay he looks like a crazy motherfucker
1: he does in uh 2003 as we know illinois governor george ryan commuted all condemned illinois prisoner sentences to life in prison and this unfortunately included this piece of shit niles nielsen like a lot of the reason that I am picking some of these stories for these people that had death sentences prior to this, like, blanket uh, commutation...
0: Commutation.
1: Thank you. Um, Is because I'm sure there are people that were, like, sentenced to death that were innocent and later freed on DNA evidence. But when you do it a blanket over the whole fucking state, you let pieces of shit like this.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Like, I understand the reason why... um, Governor Ryan did that, you know? Like, he wanted to get rid of the death sentence for Illinois. Got it. I think it should be, like, there's no grandfathering it. Like, whoever was already on death row should have been got grandfathered in it. been like, we're just going <laughs> to...
1: Well, see, this is where it's fucked up, though. Because George Ryan did not have the power to abolish the death penalty. So, the only thing he had the power to do was commute those already condemned. After 2003, there were still people sentenced to death until it was abolished.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I did not know that at all. I thought when... So,
1: he didn't... Like, because it didn't get abolished till 2011.
0: Oh, I didn't know and that. And that's
1: when the rest of them got let off. But there were still people sentenced. So, so
0: was it... I'm wondering, is this, like, after he got voted out?
1: He was, Yes. He was getting ready to leave office. And what he said was that there had been a lot of people in Illinois recently um let off of death row when evidence actually proved that they were not guilty and i understand that and i know there's the quote you know like one guilty person that dies is i don't know the exact quote but there's some famous quote about like you know it's better to have 20 guilty men go free than one guilty
0: innocent man die
1: right yeah But the reality of the situation is, is you let pieces of shit like this. Yeah. I mean, no, he didn't walk. He's still in prison for the rest of his life. He will never be free. He's ineligible for parole. But still, just gross. Sue's sister gave an interview in 1996 in which she described her ongoing pain and suffering after losing her sister and her niece. And I'll let Chris read the quote from her.
0: She said, quote, it can happen to anyone. Murder has to stop.
1: And it truly can happen to anyone and anywhere, even in our small little sheltered communities where we don't lock our doors and we don't think about it. Yeah, It it, can happen.
0: And it kind of hits harder today on the the day that we're recording. There's, we have, we're not going to go into any specifics or anything, but there is a case that we're following that we have... Skin in the game, let's call it that. I mean, I've
1: mentioned a few times that I have a dear friend whose daughter was murdered. Yeah. And today is the one year anniversary anniversary of that. And so I'm just going to ask our patrons, because you guys are very special to us and I consider you our friends, just to say a little prayer for my dear friend today because she's hurting.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's you're not going to hear this until tomorrow, but I mean, it's just one of those things that... She'll
1: still be hurting tomorrow.
0: It's... Looking back on it, it hits hard, you know? Like, and I can't imagine what people go through when they're victims of violent crimes Are you know what I'm saying? Like, you're the family of somebody that was a a murdered family member and stuff like that. It breaks my heart seeing families like that.
1: Well, even my shock the day that I learned about it, because... I've always been a true crime buff and I've loved true crime and, you know, not that I love that the crimes happen, but it's just something that's interests me. But then when it's my friend telling me that this happened to her little girl, I'm just like...
0: And it's not even like it's a friend that... what he, It's not like it's a distant friend. Like, this is a friend that... This
1: is one of my best friends. And
0: it's not like the her daughter was somebody that, oh, we you know, you had seen every once in a while... It's somebody that you've visited, you know, you've loved, you've hugged, you've gotten, you know, stuff from and stuff like that, so.
1: Yeah, it's it's a hard situation. It, and it just,
0: like, just reiterate, like, it, it happens any everywhere.
1: And it can happen to any of us, as scary as that is. Like, I don't want to provoke anxiety, but I think everybody does need to know that this stuff happens. It happens right here, and nobody's it's, immune from
0: it. And that's it. the reason why we do this podcast, is to let people know that, you know. Yeah, you know, you might feel safe and garden communities, but this stuff can happen anywhere.
1: Absolutely. So I want to thank our patrons again. You guys are awesome. We love you. Please check out our store. Um, as we've mentioned a couple times, we have a new vendor, so we have a whole lot of new products. They're freaking amazing. I love them. I want to buy, like, all of them. Um so check out our store at on our website, www.midwestcrimefiles.com. Um, all of you should have received a coupon code um, for a special patron-only discount that's valid through December 31st with the exception of baby Whitney, but... By the time you're listening to this, I'll have it sent to you, hopefully. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but enjoy your discount, please. Um, you know, get yourself a little gift for Christmas and and help us support the Midwest Crime Files. Yeah. We appreciate you guys so much.
0: Yeah, it's because of you guys that we're able to continue to keep doing this and continue to keep growing our fan base and bringing you the guys the quality content and that you guys want. So,
1: we love you guys. Yep. We'll see you Wednesday. Yep. Bye. Bye.